to Being 11. My name's Amanda Marsh and I'm inviting you to take a journey with everyday people as they recall their pre-teen years, sharing the good, the bad and the cringeworthy. Helen, welcome to Being 11. Oh, pleasure, no problem. 1963. It was the year my brother, youngest brother, um, was born. It was uh, early hours of the morning. Mum and Dad had to come to hospital. And so I was left with the other five children, uh, four children. Yes. Um, Mum had four kids under four. Wow. And so there was myself and three others straight after me. Busy. was very busy. Yeah. I had to stay with my grandmother who lived across the paddocks about, Oh, three mile. Um, and so I was the one to stay with my grandmother, who I had a really good rapport with, mm. which was lovely. And she, I learnt much from her. So I was with her until we could all go home again. Uh, all the other kids were farmed out to other families as well. Yeah. While mum was in hospital. And of course, those days, you were in hospital for probably nearly 10 days. Wow, okay. Mm. And um, the one thing I do remember staying, when I was staying with my grandmother, she... <clears throat> used to feed me eggs. I had eggs for breakfast, eggs sandwiches for lunch, and then she would give me eggs for tea because I loved eggs. I, I clearly must have asked her, could I please have an egg? And then all of a sudden I broke out in a rash, and so she said we'd better go to the doctor. So that we come in here to Dr Bade, who'd been here since 1954, and he said, what on earth are you feeding her? And she said she couldn't think for a moment, and then we said eggs. He said, well, stop feeding her eggs. Oh. <laughs> She's got an allergy. <laughs> and you loved them. And I loved them. I still love them today. I, it didn't stop me. And then when um, my brother came home, well, it was all back to routine again and looking after the kids. And in that time, um, being the eldest, my brother, he was two years younger than me. We were expected to do a fair few chores around the house. We're both the eldest, eldest male, eldest female. And we had to milk a cow before we went to school. And then when we got home, we did the same thing. Yeah, that was common. It was very common. Uh, feed the chooks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Feed the lambs and the whatever. Yeah, another memory was Christmas and Easter. We had um, lots of animals on the farm. So there was lots of geese and ducks. Mm-hmm. But our Christmas treat was to kill a goose. And that was our Christmas lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we we absolutely hated it, absolutely hated doing it. But, of course, in those days, um, it, money, there was no money. Yeah. Um, and you could never, the only thing that I remember as a treat was ice cream. Everything else was, you know, whatever you was put on the table you had to eat because it may not be there tomorrow. And mum and dad weren't wealthy people at all. Yeah, they were the two things that I remember Easter and Christmas were the exciting times of what we didn't like doing was killing a, a um, goose or a duck or chooks uh, if if they were if we were allowed to because what we always did was we had to go out onto the dam next to the house and be away from the house and there was always fights between us as who did what. <laughs> Because it was gross. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. That's pretty cruel to make the kids kill the food. Oh, it was a common thing with all families, really. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. Even my grandmother, you know, 
She uh, used to talk about she used to talk about um, yabbies. That was their their uh, food when they were growing up. Yeah. Because they were so poor, they yeah. had yabbies. Well, we did that too. And we used to go um, rabbit hunting as well. Mm-hmm. My brother and I, we got a horse that we um, headed out and we'd find some rabbits to bring home to mum for cook. And ducks as well, the wild ducks. Dad would go out and get wild ducks. And, and that was our meals, really. Sounds pretty healthy, though. Oh, it was. You think about, you know, very fresh food. It was. And there wasn't any of that you know, the chemicals and things that yes, are where they are today. And also we were healthy kids. We weren't fat kids. We did a lot of entertaining ourselves. Mm. We had a horse. My grandfather gave us a horse, which was a pony. It wasn't a big horse. Um, I loved that pony. He um, is like a, you know, friend, real friend to you. Yeah. So we, um, Stephen and I used to fight against who was going to take him out on the weekends. <laughs> it was good. We had dogs. Um, dogs would come with us. We'd always walk. Wherever we went, we'd walk yeah. in the paddocks. Yeah, and no, it was it was really simple times, really. Yeah. We probably didn't think we were... We thought we were probably hard done by, you know, we weren't getting what other people, other kids were getting, you know, yours. Well, you, you were aware of that? I was aware of that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, aware that there was other families who were better off than us. Yeah. But were it, they farmers too, or...? Yeah, mainly, yes. Okay. So what, what do you think the difference was? Um, I think... The difference was that um, most families that I saw had older kids, older, older siblings is yeah. more, and they, um, the, the younger ones were my age. Mm. So I think that was the difference. So more productive farms because they had more workers. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, correct. Mm. Yeah. And has the population changed? Was it a busier place then? Or? Oh, yeah, lots of kids. Yeah. Lots of families with big families, like lots of, I think we had two families with ten kids. Gosh. And then it come down to eight, seven, six. Mm-hmm. You never saw many families, in fact hardly any, that only had two kids Yeah. in the family. The rest of us were all big families and we all got on, like we all met up with each other and had fun. I like going to school, mm-hmm. but that was mainly to meet up with friends and play time and things. Nice. When I was six, I was burnt in an open fireplace. My pyjamas. Um, Dad was a shearer and he used to get up very early in the morning, so he was up about five o'clock. And back in those days, we had uh, open fires. It was yeah. so to keep warm. And my brother and I got up because we were so cold and it was about six o'clock. And we got in behind the, the fender that, that Dad had put in front of it because this was a huge mm. a huge open fireplace with big hobs on them. Anyway, we got in behind it and, of course, my pyjamas. He'd put a great big log on and my pyjamas caught a lot. I it spent, was It was awful. Um, it was terrible, really. Mum was in bed still. So anyway, she helped me. She put a blanket around me and helped me, um, you know, put out the fire. So uh, with that, I ended up in Hamilton for three months. Uh, away from home they were yeah third third degree burns and I it never really affected me over life it affected more like my kids it affected other people just looking at the scars no they just saw the scars on my legs because in those days I didn't care I used to wear shorts and things anyway through life I was just thinking you know when at school we'd go swimming and the kids would ask me what's What's wrong? What happened? I always told them it was never a problem. 
it did hinder me a bit. Um, the scars did hinder me a bit because I couldn't run. Right. <laughs> that upset me because mum was a good runner and I always used to like running. Sports, that never stopped me from sporting activities. So, yeah, that was an um, interesting time for me. But that didn't stop me either from being the eldest and Dad telling me, you're the eldest, you know better and um, you've got to help your mother and all those sort of things. Do you think that's you were talking before we started recording about nursing and a lifetime of service, do you think that's what that comes from? Definitely, yeah. yes. Yes, I remember the doctor. He was um, Dr Cornish. I remember the nurse was Nurse Anderson and they, um, yeah, they nurtured me through that time. And also uh, that three months I saw mum and dad twice yeah. because they couldn't afford to come and see me yeah. and they didn't have a car and there was all these kids as well. Yeah. Um, so there was only four of us and they were little. I was yeah. six, 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 five, four and three. Yeah. So they couldn't come to see me. That was an awful time, really, for them. I imagine it would have been for you, too. Yeah, it was. It was hard. However, this nurse, Anderson, she was the next uh, Eden Hope girl. Oh, excellent. And so she, I, I guess, she took me on board and yeah. looked after me. And, yeah, the day Mum and Dad come to pick me up, still can see that today. I had a cast on my leg and Dad had to pick me up and carry me to the car. And then I came home and then, of course, I was meant to stay in bed for a while. Well, I remember the kids, my aunt, great-aunt, gave me a uh, china doll. And my sister was so jealous that she picked it up and, and dropped it. Oh, I was devastated. But other than that, I didn't think I was being privileged in any other way. I was just, every day was, you know, you blend in with the other kids and do whatever you have to do. And as a six-year-old, you never really did what you were told. <laughs> I remember getting out of bed and just walking around and watching if there's no one watching me. <laughs> when you were supposed to be resting. Exactly. <laughs> but, yes, it influenced my life, yeah. uh, my future as a nurse. Yeah. yeah. But also, I, I suspect, just being the oldest and you have to manage all these other kids probably and still yeah. a bit of that as well. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, it took on the mother role. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, when mum was busy with others. Yeah, no, it was um, interesting, really. But when you look back on those days, my grandmother taught me how to sew mm -hmm. um, before I, I think before I hit year nine, when I was, used to spend a lot of time with her, she would do a lot of sewing. So I'd watch what she was doing, mm -hmm. and she used to make aprons okay. for all her daughters, really. So, so she can put them to work. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I learned a lot off her, yeah. the old treadle machine. What was Eden Hope like? I mean, did, was there, you know, most little towns have their special day and they all have a name for it that varies from town to town. Oh, well, Henley on Lake Wallace, and that's an annual event. It's like it started as a regatta over 100 years ago. Yeah. They're celebrating the 100 year celebration because they couldn't do it during COVID. So that yeah, brings us all together. That was a good annual event. And that was held on the second Saturday of February every year. They haven't, I think the May, just through wartime is the only time it hasn't yes. um, run. And what kind of boats are we talking? It'd be fairly small, I imagine. Well, they were boats that came in from the areas that yeah. um, we lived in um, and they would have a regatta on the, on the lake. But then it grew into, let's do something 
different. So they have a procession. They ask everyone to have floats, make out floats, which is really good. Um, and, yeah, so that starts the Henley Day, the procession through the main street. And then it's down to celebrate got everything down on the water that used to be. But then the water on the lake disappeared in 2003 and we didn't have any water, so they just had events at Henley Park, which is down near the schools. Now that we've got water back in the lake, it's been a bit very different mm. dynamics, really. It's a time when people come back and have reunions as well. So even way, way back, and they have five works to end the day, which is nice. And were they doing that when you were a kid? Yes, yes, yes. So we used to come in and have picnic lunch, Mum would make up a picnic lunch and we'd come in and have a picnic lunch with all our cousins and all our friends and meet up and they used to have um, merry-go-rounds, all your old-fashioned yeah. merry-go-rounds and whatever. They were all there. Yeah. And, yeah, we just had the best day. Mm. And, of course, we all went home very tired yes. at the end of the day. Did you ever build a float or be on one? Um, the school did, yeah. but I was never on one. No, it just depended on whether you wanted to do that or not. Some families loved it, other families didn't really. We weren't, our family wasn't into that, but my uncle was. They used to get together and make up a float on the Friday night before Saturday. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we got together real quick. <laughs> and I suppose if you're farming, yes. you've got the resources to do that. That's right, yeah. exactly. They'd all meet up and, and uh, get together and have an idea thrash out an idea and then put something on a truck or, yeah. and then drive that through town. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool, actually. It is. Very grassroots. Very grassroots. Yeah. But as for other celebrations, um, community-wise, we've had lots of other community events, but back then it was more to raise money. They used to have Easter Monday balls. And that would bring people together as well. And then they'd have a, um, say, a rooster chase <laughs> down at the Henley Park along the lake. That was fun. And those balls, uh, Easter Monday balls, where the parents went to the balls and we, as the kids, we would all congregate at the school. Yeah. So they looked after us at the school. And then when it was all over, the parents would come and pick us up. Yeah, they were really good fun times where the whole community would come together. But the school itself, for me, oh, I used to like the fates. I used to have um, fates where we could get together and raise a bit of money for the missions it was back then. Mum would make some, remember this time she would make hedgehogs. She'd put them in jars, screw the lids on and take, send us to school with them. Well, not, there wasn't many left when we got to school. <laughs> Did she ever find out? No, we never said anything. <laughs> I imagine that happened a lot in all family. <laughs> oh, dear. Talking about not telling her things. On hot days, we had a, a water hole next to the house. <laughs> when Mum used to go and milk the cow, we would watch where, she, you know, she'd gone up to the cow shed, she's milking the cow and we were hot as Hades, especially in the summertime. So we'd get out with our bathers and one by one we'd go and have a swim in the in the dam. Mm. Now remembering that we we're only fairly young mm. but we'd always have one person, one of our, uh, my brothers or sister would look out to see when mum's come back. We never told mum that until she was 70. 
She nearly died. She said, you kids could have drowned. Yeah. We said, yeah, we know, Mum. And I guess we were not, there was no fear back then. Yeah, we just carefree. Just carefree, yeah. And we'd have to run inside, take our bathers off, hide them, and then put our clothes on as if she didn't know. <laughs> and me being the eldest, I would take their bathers and rinse them all out in, out in the wash house and then hang them on the line. <laughs> Yeah. Alright, I'll ask you a closing question. I'd like to know what an 11 year old Helen could teach you. Oh, gosh, that's an interesting question. In this day and age, I think back then, um, an 11 year old today, I just, I think they could teach me heaps. Um, I like to sit and talk to um, 11 year olds today. I've got a, a 10 year old granddaughter who's turning 11 in a couple of months. Um, and she's always interested in what I did, but I'm also very interested in what she's up to and the challenges challenges that she's um, she has. I think respect is the biggest thing that I could like to, as an 11 year old, we were taught to respect our elders. Yeah. Um, we were taught to listen, sometimes not be heard. Do you think perhaps there's some value in the fact that kids now are allowed to speak up? You know, because you say, you know, you listen, you're never heard. Yes. And that, even in my childhood, created a sense of powerlessness at times. Yes. Do you think it's gone too far the other way, perhaps? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I have to say yes uh, in that, for sure, simply because all of a sudden, it, it, as an older person now, I, I feel we're invisible. Mm. Yeah. And I believe that they're um, adults before they're adults, mm -hmm. listening to too much. And I guess they've got the access of all the modern cons, haven't they? Mm. They can educate themselves. Well, they can, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you. Well, thank you for joining me on my podcast and sharing mm. your, your world. No. 1963 Eaton mm, Thank you. It's been a pleasure listening. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on this episode of Being 11. If you liked what you've heard today, don't forget to like, subscribe, or visit our website at sofromedia.com to see what else we do.